Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Welcome to a special Chewing the Fat today with author John Douglas. I am such a fan of John Douglas. He is the author of so many books now, and each one just gets better and better. Uh, you remember we've talked to him about The Killer's Shadow, Mind Hunter, The Killer Across the Table, and now the latest When a Killer calls is just a fascinating read and another great story and another look into john's mind which is awesome i mean this guy's talked to charlie manson david berkowitz dennis Rader, all the serial killers that are just you know well bad people yes you can quote me on that serial killers are bad people and john is just incredible to talk to i'd like to talk to him for days on end but i had an opportunity to talk to him this week and i wanted to share that conversation with you here on chewing the fat So welcome to Chewing the Fat. We are talking to one of my favorite authors in the world, uh, John Douglas. Uh, his latest book, available as we speak, wherever you get your books, uh, When a Killer Calls, uh, the haunting story of murder, criminal profiling, and justice in a small town. John, uh, I my favorite part of this book is when you do some flashbacks and it's all you know it's like real life how people how you think and how you give us you know certain times during the investigation what you're thinking of from the past and those flashback cases i love that and was there i mean obviously was that difficult for you to remember some of that stuff or is that just what comes up no yeah it just uh I've done so many cases, Jeff, in my career, you know, really now, because I still do them. And I'm so it's like 45 years of doing cases and right. thousands of cases. So so when I when I'm looking at a case, I'm thinking even ahead of the case. I'm thinking I'm looking ahead what proactively I may do, like in a case like this, then I'm looking back at some techniques I, I experimented with yeah. successfully early on in my career in different cases. And then I apply it. I apply it because after a while, you work so many cases, and, you, and, and from the interviews that I conducted, you, you see, you start to see uh, patterns, uh, you know, there. But this particular case was a heartbreaking case. It also, Jeff, was a, a test for me because a year, uh, about a year earlier, I just came back to work uh, less than a year earlier because I, because six months before that, I nearly died on the Green River murder case, right? Viral encephalitis, and I. Right side of my brain split because uh, I had 104 to 107 degree temperature on a hotel room floor for three days. And so when I came back, you know, to, to work, the, the director, all that assistant director say, I can't use my left hand uh, at that time. I came back uh, and I, I won't be able to shoot my left. And they says, well, 
John, we don't care about, we want your brain. And I'll think, that's gone <laughs> that's too, man. Do, yeah. I lost the brain. I lost, I lost, I lost the brain. So, so here, here you're, uh, you're being asked now. And it took me nearly my, my life before I got help. And so they gave me help. But it takes like two years to train a, a new profile right. in a position, about five years before they, they're pretty good. By then, they're usually starting to get burned out and they don't want to know more of it. Right. I did it my whole career. And so to go down there now, in this case, I took a, a new agent in the, in the unit you know, down there. And now it's, it's May 31st, 1985. You know, not called there yet because by then we were getting about 200, 250 cases a year. But I was the principal guy doing this and have to train, uh, you know, train others. I'm no longer instructing in the old behavioral science unit. I'm program, the program manager. But, it, but it'll, it'll take the second death in, in this case. Uh, the first one we can get into was 17-year-old uh, Sherry yeah. Faye Smith, uh, who will be abducted in a mailbox. And the second case, two weeks later, will be a nine-year-old. And it wasn't until after the nine-year-old is abducted that then the sheriff and under sheriff say we want John to come down here and uh, and that's what I did then I went uh, we gave him an analysis early on yeah you were we, kind of overseeing the the first case a little right, bit right yeah well, asked for your information because we have so many cases and and you can't you can't go out on on every single one of them but then with this but this particular one um, the way that the killer abducted the uh, the girl, and uh, if you want me to tell the audience a little briefly how that happened, uh, she was she was uh, with her boyfriend. It's Friday, May thirty first. Sunday, she was going to be graduating from high school. She's going to be singing the national anthem. So right away they thought, oh, maybe she's going to be a runaway. No, 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 no. She, she's no, not no that way. type. She's very religious, solid family, and so she's with her boyfriend at a pool party, and she left a car at a parking lot. He drops her off to get the car and make it out a little bit. And probably at that point in time, this unsub, the unknown subject is watching. And so she now heads on home and pulls up in front of her house just outside of the town of Lexington. Long driveway, 200 yards along. House, the house sits back and she always will check the mail. Dad is at his office, looks out the window, sees his daughter, but then leaves and comes back. Where is she? She's she should be there. up in the driveway. Yeah. So so she come. Uh, what happens? He walks down. The car is running. Uh, her purse is on the passenger side, which is critical because she's a diabetic. And if she doesn't take that medicine, uh, she she will require a gallon of water uh, an hour. She'll become so quickly dehydrated. And her footprints are leading to the mail the mailbox. She wasn't wearing shoes because she came from that pool party. Pool party. But uh, but then the mail, she had the mail, it's dropped, and then she's gone. You know, you know she's gone. And it's about 24 hours later, uh, the family, you know, it's a major case now in South Carolina. Sure. The family is called. Yeah, I mean, it's a brazen abduction, right? I mean, in front of oh, the yeah, family's yeah, house. Yeah, and so the and the FBI gets involved because of the uh, kidnapping abduction uh, as well. But but really, it'll end up being a local case because they're not going to be taken out of state or anything anything like that. But what was amazing, Jeff, to, to me was that the motive. What is the motive? Generally, it's abduction, rape, it's a murder case. But here, we have the on sub calling the family and and, and telling them that he he has their daughter. That he has their daughter. And what he's doing, he gives, he's giving him, you know, kind of false hope. So he starts calling and he has some kind of electronic um, device that can 
change the pitch and modulation of his voice. So that tells you something about his criminal sophistication. Also, the abduction tells you something that's pretty, pretty nervy, pretty ballsy. Perhaps someone at a mailbox like that. Then there's a second call. And the second call is, uh, is that, uh, did you get, uh, did you get the letter? What he's talking about? My, your daughter sent a letter and it should be coming in the mail any day. You should get it. So everyone goes down to the mailbox, the investigators, and go down to the mailbox, and they retrieve it. And guess what it is? It's the last will and testament signed by the victim. And, and uh, what she's saying, that's what the heading of it is, is last will and testament. And she's saying goodbye to her mommy or daddy her brother, her boyfriend, uh, you know, Richard. Sister, and, yeah. And, and telling how she wants the funeral closed casket and the hands clasps and and uh, there's, a, there's a time up in the left hand corner of the page uh, three ten and we'll later find out that that is the point where she signed the letter where she made wrote the letter and then in a conversation another tape when she's talking to he's talking to the family he says at four fifty eight we became one we believe that's the time that she was murdered killed murdered her. by this guy and so. Well, I wasn't even brought down yet, Jeff. uh, They came up because the undersheriff and sheriff were graduates of the police academy. We have we have National Academy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and there I did the did the analysis, the age range figured between late 20s into early 30s, a a a white male electrical uh, you know type of background. Uh, He would be married. You'd pretty much by that point already done kind of the ABCs of the. uh, the criminal, right? Pretty, I mean, yeah, you, pretty much. Given the kind of the profile, you had an idea yeah. who this was. And, and what made it easy, Jeff, is because we have, you know, you, you have a voice now, too. We, oh, you have the crime. Right. But you have the voice. And then the other thing we'll find out a little later on is when he calls the family with directions, specific directions where where they, what he says, where you where we will be. But where right. the directions are, and you could tell he's an obsessive compulsive personality because he gives these these very intricate details of miles and tens of miles and feet where the body will be found. But you know what he did? It tells you, again, his criminal sophistication. He waited. He waited uh, three to four days. Reason being, it was 100 degrees down there. It was hot. And he knew darn well that if we got there and we would not be able to determine the cause of death, method and manner of death because of of the decomposition of the body. But what he was wrong at, what we are able to detect there, is that part of her hair was cut off and we had some stickiness on her face. And what he did was, and we would later find out, when he tells the mother, he tells the mother, did my daughter know she was going to die? Yes, she did. And I gave her a choice. She could pick gunshot, she could pick drug overdose or suffocation. And your daughter selected suffocation. Tells the mother this on the phone. So that residue was that stickiness. But see, he removed it, Jeff. Why? Because fingerprints. He knew darn well we could get prints off of that tape. And he had to cut the hair to get get it off off, uh, of of her head. But that's what we were dealing with. And then and then the phone calls made me so angry. I got to tell you, as I'm reading this, the phone calls made me so angry. It's amazing oh. to me how well, at least in your book, that the family stood up through it. Oh, it's, uh, it's I was, it made me so angry. It, well, yeah, and the other thing, Jeff, too, is what looking way far ahead is that the, the kind of like in the John Bonet, uh, Ramsey case, the Patsy Ramsey case, is how uh, Patsy Ramsey's ovarian cancer returned. 
Well, what happens to Hilda, the mother, is she first she has an aneurysm when her husband Bob is away at aneurysm, nearly dies from that. And then right after that, she gets ovarian cancer and dies. And when you have cases like this, how some people holds families together. Uh, others, it breaks them apart. They turn to alcohol, to drugs. In the Deborah Helmet case, the other nine-year-old victim who he will abduct and kill, the family split because there's a lot of guilt. You know, how, how come you weren't watching her closely? It you caught, know, it, 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 it just, which brings me to another point. I was thinking as I was reading this book and I, I was going to talk to you about it. Uh, you know, you don't need my help in ideas for writing books, but I'm here to help anyway, John. Oh, yeah, sure. I, <laughs> yeah. So I was thinking, I mean, there has to be the aftermath. What made me, as I'm reading the book, thinking about that and what happened to the mother and the father and the other family of the young girl that was, you know, abducted and murdered. Um, it, I was thinking, I boy, the aftermath to the families is something that nobody talks about. Yeah. Nobody I, talks about the epilogue. I got in the epilogue in the book. No, I know. How, yeah. And how the, that, what happens to the family. That's what got me thinking yeah. about the rest of the cases. Yes. Though. I mean, all yes. these cases, yeah, the, the, the trail of tears and oh. horror is just, it's got to be incredible. Yeah. And the Smith case, Mr. Uh, uh, Bob Smith, and we communicate, he has a fund uh, established uh, for his daughter and music. Uh, I contribute to that fund every year. And he's a wonderful man. He said, there's no closure, John. He said, you have, people throw that around closure. There's an arrest, yeah, yeah. conviction, and the guy's executed, whatever. And he said, what gave me some closure was what is the last will and testament, how strong my daughter was knowing she was going to die. And she was, you know, making good with God. And right. It is just an extremely, very right. religious, a very religious family. And uh, it's wonderful. Uh, but how the tide began to turn was when, when the Deborah Helmick victim was, uh, when she was abducted, nine years old, playing with a little brother in front of a trailer 50 feet away. And this guy in broad daylight pulls up, snatches her. And we just had this in town a week ago in our own town. Similar thing. The nine-year-old girl broke, broke away. And, and Good. Uh, say, yeah. That, Good. See, that's Good. A, they're all over the country. And the, in fact, I got interviewed, too, uh, by other people. Like, serial killers, there's not that many. No, no, you don't know there's not that many. I know there's many. We just don't write about it. There's right. other news. You, you know, know, I was uh, thinking about, I just read a story about a guy that was arrested uh, because he tried to take a lady's car in a drive-thru. Okay. So he, he was doing, he was headed, uh, invaded a house and then he left and the, it's the whole story. But the ending of the story is him being arrested because he tried to take this lady's car in a drive-thru. And immediately the lady started honking her horn and screaming and he took off, which ended up in his arrest. And it got me thinking about what you had talked about in your books and your talks right. is that may fight. fight. Don't just, yeah. you know, you have that second right. of fight, fight back. Yeah. Cause a lot of these will, will happen like in a, in a shopping center and, and uh, there's always a risk you may be injured. However, I know potential victims out there is that if you go, with this guy in his car or your car, uh, he's he's thinking survival. He can uh, you can identify him in, in the future. Your goose is cooked. So you right. have to fight like hell, scream. May, someone may hear you and and uh, just just don't give in. And I think with Sherry Faye Smith, it's not her fault, but she's such a religious uh, you know person and 
good good person. Uh, there was none of that fighting. Well, and he was armed, out. right? I mean, he was armed as well. That's so, right. Yeah, I mean, that's I, right. He, we didn't know it at the time. We we figured that was part of the profile. He had to have a, a, a weapon, right? Uh, to do it at case. least for her, you know, not the young girl, obviously, right? But the, yeah, and yeah, to control. You're exactly you're exactly you know right about that. So most people, I mean, you put a not a lot of people, especially a teenage girl, is not going to fight back with a gun in their face, right? Yeah, I, I don't think I either. Yeah. Right. I yeah. mean, at I, some point, I'll try to make a move. <laughs> <laughs> not, not right. Not right away. Not right. right. I understand. Hey, we're talking to John Douglas, uh, author of uh, When a Killer Calls, it is his latest book, The Haunting Story of Murder, Criminal Profiling, and Justice in a Small Town, which I have a hard copy in my grubby hands as we speak. Um, you know, John, and I and I know you. You know, you've written a ton of books, and uh, you know the world probably knows you from Mindhunter, and uh, you've got uh, you know things that uh, you're working on. But um, what's in the what case? haunts you the most that you either haven't written about you're like i'm not writing about that or that you have and it's in the drawer and you're like i'm just gonna leave that in the drawer well the the one initially was, was the uh the green river murder case because that's the case i nearly died on yeah up in and, Seattle, and I, right? I try to interview him in uh in in prison and i keep I keep trying maybe at some point because uh, i you know, there's more to the story with him. And a lot of these guys, once they get make a, give him a sweetheart deal, you know, you're not going to get the, the death penalty. They'll start confessing to everything to be the biggest badass, you know, killer in the right. world. But also the Tylenol murders, uh, too, is, is another one where we got the guy named James Lewis on the extortion part of that. And he was a very, very good suspect as well in the actual, you know, the killing of the uh, product tampering in Chicago, uh, Chicago area. So that, you know, that one, you know, is one, but sometimes it's just, the whole thing really comes what well, to me it's it's even with the clearance of the case it's the families a, a family in wichita out in, in kansas right now uh their their daughter uh their, their daughter was going to college and uh got a job in the summer in a restaurant and it was with other employees of course little did she know that there was a guy employed there who was paroled as a convicted rapist from a prison and the prison officials never told this guy's on per, probation. Never right. told or on parole now that that this guy had, uh, was a rapist, was a serial rapist. So she's sick one night. She's sick, and and uh, uh, this guy offers a ride home, and he ends up uh, brutally raping and murdering uh, this girl. And I know this family. I love this family. It, it is amazing. This bastard. This guy from from prison would write letters to the family, basically in his case, saying, "Get over it." You know, she's dead. You can't bring him back. You, know, you can't bring him back. You know, you know, he's trying to get out of jail again, out of prison. Uh, uh, and uh, where some of these people may think he's been rehabilitated again. And, right. and how that impacted the family. Unbelievable. In fact, the, uh, Mr. Sh uh, Schmidt, he died just not too long ago because, again, it, it, it's, 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 it's just crushing. Oh, it's crushing. crushing. And, and then uh, so there's the mother, wonderful mother. Uh, and her daughter, they have a daughter that died. Now the husband, you know, died. And it's just, it's How's just the prison. Now, this is a side note question. And I know I, I oh, pretty much. How's the prison allowing these prisoners to send letters? 
to of the uh, their former crimes. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I don't know. It, I don't understand that. It, I've had them where they they've contacted me by computer, or they found out my email address, or or they call me on the telephone uh, and 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 <laughs> you know speak to me. You know these guys, and in fact, that's why Jeff, when I was doing those interviews in prison, I didn't feel awfully comfortable. You know because you because you walk through. I don't necessarily trust the the, the corrections people because because it's survival. They're there, yeah. It's survival, yeah. and and you know I don't want to be the badass guy in case that there's some situation. I'm the tough guard, you know. I'm like, right. I, I no. So you can see why you hear these stories where you know they they happen they turn your back as they're bringing in contraband into the prison. Or how did Richard Speck in Chicago? How did he develop breast? While he was in, in in prison, how was he able to get cocaine and and and, and filming? It was filmed of right. him and and performing sex acts in prison and and having Amazing. a camera. Where are the guards? Where are the guards here? You know. So when you go tiptoeing in his prison and and that's why you never want to look like uh, mine hunter. You know, with a nice tie. Right. And all. You want to look like one of the correction people's with wearing your hush puppies and you know right. one, like a psychologist. So <laughs> or if you do look that like that one on the beginning, they said, like, "What do you think this guy is? FBI or a defense attorney?" I heard him say. We're with the defense, man. We're like, the, what are you talking about? Right. We're trying to help you more. Yeah, please don't kill me. You know, right? <laughs> yeah. So some of these prisons you go into, it's really loosey goosey. You know, it's not like always maximum. You know, like in Colorado, the supermax prisons. So it's pretty, uh, you know, kind of pretty scary stuff. And it just seems like it should be. A tad bit. You know, I'm okay with the drugs going in, whatever. But I'm talking about if they're writing letters to victims of their crimes, that's yeah, a little yeah. much for me. Yeah. That's a little I, much. I, so me. this guy, yeah, that's just amazing. So that those are the kind of things that carries on in your life. And and that's why I really did me. And I, I was, besides violent cephalitis brought on, they said post-traumatic stress disorder. Because uh, it's just like seeing so much and inundated. Uh, just never arrest, can't sleep. At that time, drinking too much, exercising to the point of, of exhaustion. And then nighttime, I would keep notes, uh, uh, even with the, with the case we're talking about. Yeah. If I come up with anything, I'll write some notes down. And then so going back to the case, when I came back, it wasn't until the nine-year-old. Then I provide on-site right. consultation. Yeah, that's uh, when they when, brought when you in. nine-year-old yeah. girl. You and your partner came down to the Carolinas and right. uh, really were working with the sheriffs, right, in the different counties. Right. He said, and then, uh, you know, that's when I went to the scenes and met with the family. It's good. At, at that time, that was mid 80s. Right? right. So at that time, you were getting the belief from the local law enforcement that your help could benefit them rather than we don't want the FBI coming in. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that, that's right. Yeah, those who've seen Mindhunter, uh, that, that part is true. Lots, a lot of the other kind of stuff they Hollywoodize, but that part is true. You're going out there, and, you know, you get, what is this bullshit? You know, right. these guys, right. you know, you're talking about, yeah, you're talking about theories. You know, you're talking, you're not talking about Jack Webb, just the facts, ma'am. You're, you're talking <laughs> theory, or you're saying you got to refocus the investigation. You're going right. the wrong way, or you read. I've been a sheriff down here for 25 yeah. years. I know. Yeah, that's I'm right. Doing. Yeah. Yeah. I well, sometimes was, the sheriff may be friends because he attended the FBI National Academy. And so he heard about this stuff. But then when you go down, 
the, the other guys, they, they don't know. Yeah, and the they see right. you know, the FBI, you know, what are you doing down here? Yeah, Mr. Big Louisiana, Shot. you know, you educated boys <laughs> up there. No, that, and really, that's I had that same exchange. You boys, you got, you know, we're just simple folk. We're not that. We don't have that. Right. Degree I know. So, I mean, yeah. are, are, are we, is that, that cannot, and I, I know that a lot of it has been Hollywoodized, I understand, yeah. but in real life, can that seriously be still happening? With the with still happening, are you still? I no, mean, I don't think so. I don't well, think I, I, so. I wonder as much from my unit as since I left I, when I was there. We had, it was me, twelve profilers that I had trained. We were doing a thousand cases a year, and, and you, you were always reading about us. And the cops were so, very favorable, and, and we also we were involved in all kinds of cases. Uh, yeah, product right. tampering, extortion, right. bombings, arsons, and everything. You may you may find it, but it's gotten it's gotten much better. And by the eighties, you know, eighty one. So much was happening in 80, like the Tylenol case, the Unabomber case, Robert Hansen, Alaska, hunting women down like wild animals right. to fly them up in, in the wilderness. Right. The, the Wayne Williams case, 81, 82, and then me coaching the prosecution and first doing the profiling, criticized by the local police, you know, and, and, and uh, getting all that crap. And, and then the FBI got mad at me and, and so I was censured. And then... It, when everything turned out great, they turned around and gave me a letter of commendation. They gave me a letter. This is, gave me a lot, letter of commendation. I spent five months on that case. They gave me a letter of commendation. I had to get censured earlier uh, because I, I did a, an interview for People Magazine with, with media there from the FBI. And they asked me, who is this killer? And I described this, this guy would be black, his age and everything down. And so shouldn't be talking to the press. Well, don't bring the press to me. Well, your media people, uh, you know, people were there. So then they turn around when it's successful and the cops, everyone, hip, hip, hooray. They give me they give me an award, a, a cash award, two hundred dollars. Nice. Five months. I was on this thing. Nice. A letter, you know, an attaboy letter, we call them at two and two hundred dollars minus tax. Minus <laughs> And, and it showed up in my mailbox at, at Quantico. It wasn't even given to me. Or, you know, I, right, 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 right. Yes, so I donated the money to, uh, to the Navy Relief Fund. I, I didn't want, I want it. It, it. And but all this crap I went through made me a good leader. Uh, and and uh, even when nearly dying, and where I appreciate, and I, I can spot people. Hey, yeah, and be like, hey, Jeff, you know, take, take, go home. Take, a, uh, you're working too hard. Go right. home here. Oh, and you see him walking out with the cases. Like, no, no, leave. I'll handle it. And, and that's all against bureau regulation. You can't send people home like that. But I was, you know, I was doing it back back then. So right. yeah, by the '85, this one here, the sheriff and under sheriff both attended the academy, and they were very. It, it was a. They did a great job in the lab, the the uh, sled labs, South Carolina yes. law enforcement department, with that last will and testament. You know. Uh, how yes. they get evidence off yes. of that. Uh, Incredible. Yeah. You know, also, you talk about this book uh, in, in this book, When a Killer Calls, how you used the uh, the family and also yeah. had them go in front of the press. And, yes. uh, you know, hopefully the press. I, I love how you give the press that responsibility of hopefully the press will do what I think they will. Yeah. because uh, How has that changed in, in today's world, though? That has to be. Yeah, I don't know how they're doing it. Yeah, different. Yeah, it has to be. Yeah, it has to be. Uh, it, different 
Although the bureau has done some shady kind of things since I retired with the no. past. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Stop. but the days, well, like the days with, uh, let's go back. Okay, the Tylenol case, I met with syndicated columnist Bob Green. I really wanted to meet with an investigative reporter. And, and, and I did this analysis of the case and everything. And I felt there would be one, there's one victim because in a case like that, the, the, the perpetrator wouldn't know who's going to ingest the cyanide laced uh, ty- Tylenol here. So, so this one particular uh, girl, Mary Kellerman, uh, a young 12-year-old girl, uh, I thought I can get the killer to go to the gravesite. So I met with the, I didn't want to meet with a cynic. I wanted to meet with an investigative reporter, but they told me to meet with, with him. But going back to speed yeah. ahead, and yeah. I told how to poetically describe this, describe the crime scene. We're going to get try to get the guy to go out there. And so he turns around, he writes this big article. I think it was a New York or one of some uh, magazine about I met this guy, John Douglas. And we knocked on his room at the Holiday Inn. He comes with a three piece suit. And, and I don't know if I'm doing the right thing as a journalist. I didn't didn't teach me at this college. You know, uh, what the uh, crap? The only thing about the story you know, for your for your listeners and viewers here is that we didn't get we didn't catch him. The Tylenol killer that night. What we who we caught that night. We had the we had the headstone. Uh, actually, it wasn't a headstone. Had flowers were there. We had all we had uh, listening devices in that. And and, and what happened was that uh, was, we there three days. Nothing happened. They were ready to break it off. Fourth day, Douglas. You know what the hell does he know? Uh, so all of a sudden, a spot a nighttime car pulls up. And as a guy gets out and he walks up to our, our victim, this is it. This, this is the, the guy. guy. He drops down. Remember, it's Mary. Mary uh, Kellerman was her name. Drops down on his knees, crying. So you can hear crying, and 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 he can, now you can hear him saying, "Susan, I'm sorry, Susan. I didn't mean it." Who in the hell is Susan? It's Mary. It's Mary. Say something to Mary over here. So what happened? We didn't arrest the Tylenol murder that. You know who we arrested that night? We arrested a driver of a hit and run killing. He ran into and killed this girl named Susan and had so much guilt and remorse over it. He went into like apologize to the victim. And uh, and so. So it's just interesting, not only killers, but people go, I, you, to your listeners, you'll go talk to your dad, your mom, you know, and, and holidays, their birthdays. Yeah. It's a normal thing. It's, it's a normal thing. Why makes you think it's different? And I had some of the hardest criminals, and they think they're so tough. You never could have got me because, uh, you know, this one guy was a fugitive. And I said, wait a minute. I said, if I, I said, your dad is buried at Arlington Cemetery, isn't he? Right. And yeah. I said, I, I, I've been there. I, I've been there. And he looks at me and I said, yeah, I said, you went off the deep end when your, when your father died, when your father died, burglar, robbing. He was a, ended up being an airplane. He skyjacked an airplane from L.A. to New York. And I said, what if I told, uh, what if I told the, uh, the FBI agents to stake out the cemetery on your dad's birthday or the date of uh, his death or Christmas. And he starts going back in his chair. So I was going like this and he goes, you got me. Yeah, there you go. I thought you see what we're learning. That's why I'm talking to you. I th- uh, this guy's name was uh, Gary Trapnell. That's why I'm talking to you, Gary. He goes, we're learning from you. And, and, and they all liked me when I did these interviews, the worst of the worst. And, and, uh, and if I would go with a partner. They always would look at me because I would talk softly. I'm not, I'm not going after them. If they and you didn't come in to be intimidating with them either. Yeah, yeah. that's right. And, and, and if 
Manson, you read my books. Manson's five two. I'm six two. I'm back. I'm letting him. I'm, I'm looking up to him. I'm going to be looking up to him, and, and let them feel like they have some type of control, and then just kind of almost mesmerize them at some point, and, t- and taking them back at that at that scene. You know, taking them back. Yeah. At, well, that's at, kind of the main thing. I mean, that's one of the main things that is kind of a main thread for most of criminals. I would say is that control factor, right? I mean, in the end, that's exactly. one of the things that they. That they thrive on. That's right. It's it's the I was at the three together when I was with the bureau. I would say with manipulation, domination, you know, control. It, yeah, you know, they feel in their life they they've really never had it. So that's why too, when you look around, it depends on the case, but you look for some precipitating factor at that time that pushed the guy out the door to perpetrate the crime. And and later in my career, I even got away to doing specific profiles because. With, with all the demographics, because the, the purpose is, is to direct an investigation. And at some point, I, I'm a really believer in working with the media. And you don't always see that today. You still to this right. day. I believe, okay, you've had the case, it's two, two weeks old, it's cold. You know, let's let the, the public have some information here. Like what? Well, you, know, you, you, don't have, you can hold back the, the method of death, the of whether the victim was sexually assaulted or not. But the, I, I want to tell him about the, I want to talk about the pre-offense behavior yeah. of this guy, what, what he was like leading up to, his, to this crime. Maybe the, even a criminal history, uh, some, something like that. But not, Somebody's going to recognize this yeah, person. Not, yeah, yeah, and then post-offense behavior, it's really, really important. Uh, like in this case, the subject, Larry Jean Bell, right. and it was in the analysis, Totally changes his appearance. He loses weight. He had a little short beard. Now he grows a full beard. Obsessed with obsessed with the uh, you know with the case, and uh, and so those kind of things. You let yeah. the public know that. So it drives me nuts when I I can't even think of the name. The two little girls in in uh, Indiana on that bridge, who they actually filmed the guy walking towards them, and they would both be murdered. They would both be murdered. And the police sat on that. There was a video, uh, sat on that for a long time. And then the audio they sat on for a long, a long time. Uh, your listeners are probably shouting right now. Saying, it's so-and-so. But it happened a couple of years, years ago. And, and, and uh, I was speaking at Indiana University. I was, thought, I was hoping some cops would come up to me and, uh, yeah, about that case. I would give them some uh, ideas on that. Right. And, uh, it remains unsolved. So I'm a big believer wow. in, in working with uh, investigative, you know, reporters and uh, who are who are really good ones. Have kind of a mind. Uh, you're, you'd be like that. You have the, like a mind. You probably would have been a good profiler of thinking. I would have. I'm all about creative. it. <laughs> I'm all about it. I yeah, would, I sh- yeah. That's a choice I should have made. <laughs> but, uh, you're working with Glenn. He's a good guy. <laughs> Some people like him. Yeah. Right. John Douglas, I know uh, I've kept you a lot longer than I had anticipated. Oh, okay. I, I really it. appreciate it. Your latest book, When a Killer Calls, and uh, it was a great read again. And uh, thank you for your time. Uh, you know, I really yeah, thank you so much. I enjoy it. And, uh, you take care of yourself. And if I can do anything, you let me know. told you he's amazing thanks for listening to chewing the fat if you're listening to this and you're not a subscriber to this podcast my gosh nobody likes a freeloader so choose a platform that you enjoy maybe the one you're sneaking the listen on right now and subscribe to chewing the fat thank you for listening to chewing the fat be safe 
subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.